0: Sitting down with Zach Harding, who is the, among others, newest member of the 2022 World Short Course Championships U.S. roster. Uh, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. You were at U.S. Open this past weekend. I'm going to get into that as well. But uh, getting added to the roster to go to Australia uh, with about two weeks' notice, can you take us through that process and what it looked like for you and uh, how you had to adjust to to prepare for this upcoming world championships.
1: Yeah. I'm it was actually I had eight days notice before we had to leave. Um so I got a text uh Monday and I knew that there was some roster changes going on uh in the two fly department with uh Luca's shoulder getting hurt. And so I, was, I saw Trenton got added and he had came and visited me in between the Toronto World Cup and the Indy one. And then we drove up together. Um so I was, I was happy for him. I'm like, all right, then I'm like, that's all the, the changes that are being made. And then I'm like, they're, they they got to be leaving soon. It's like right around the corner sometime in December. Uh, and it was last Monday, uh, a week from yesterday that th- I get a text from my coach and he's like, Hey, just got off the phone with, with Lindsay Mantenko. Uh, there's a chance it's not come to you yet, but if it does, Come to you, they want to know if you would go to Short Course Worlds. And I'm reading that text, and it's like, it's like noon. I'm trying to make lunch for afternoon practice. And um, I was like, very caught off guard because I wasn't planning on getting that text. And uh, I was getting ready to go to training trip after US Open. And I was like, okay. Um, so I called my wife and I was like, hey, uh, by the way, I might, uh, I know I had a one scheduled trip, but we might swap out the training trip for Australia. And she's like, have fun with the kangaroos. Um, so I was like, I guess I'm like, I don't have anything better going on. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go. If it comes to me. Uh, I mean, these, you know, the next USA team USA trip is never guaranteed. So you take them when you get them and then you just go and enjoy them. And then ever since then, it's just kind of like, um, okay. I've been on the team for, that was my joke at US open. I'm like, I've only been on the team two and a half days. So, um, I don't even know when the meet starts. Uh, I guess it's a week from today, according to my coach's paper. So uh yeah, I I'll that today is when the meet started. I,
0: I learned that today as well. <clears throat> I I had no idea <clears throat> when Short Course Worlds were and I, I should be a better authority on it than you. I've I've known about it for way longer than two and a half days.
1: Right. But, I figured I'd <laughs> see all the tweets from you guys and around when they're starting and, and I can just follow along that way.
0: That's how I get most of my info <laughs> is our Twitter. Uh, so you find out how does uh, like you said, you, it, that you're not going to training trip anymore. I think you mentioned that in an interview with with Nick from US Open that now he he has to go to training trip by himself. but um, I mean, do you have to do a lot of a lot of pre-planning or changing of planning um, in order to accommodate this?
1: No, because I was already tapering and resting for the U.S. Open. It's just – which was good because otherwise, then, yeah, I I think everyone thinks I had to – I saw Braden had a tweet. like me eating into taper. I was already on the taper path for U.S. Open. It's just now everything that started after Open, like this week, has been different because I got back around 11 noon yesterday – and I'm flying, on Sunday and I'm flying out at two o'clock today. So it's at 48 hours at home and then basically just to repack bags, grab different snacks and then hit the road again. Uh, so there's not a whole bunch of changing stuff because I was already kind of on this plan. It's just kind of extending this. And I do. And I'm sorry, Nick, that you're going and you're going to be the only pro down there. I, I do feel bad about that. Um, I didn't tell Nick right away. Uh, I was hoping he would just kind of find out naturally and then uh i told we were in the water one day i'm like i'm not going on a training trip dude i'm sorry you're going by yourself and he was like he was really happy for me he's like oh that's way better he's like good for you and i was like i'm sorry i'm leaving you by yourself um because i wouldn't have wanted to have been left by myself but if if nick was going i would have been happy for him but uh yeah you don't send you don't do training trip alone. so he'll have the rest of the team to to do it
0: i was i was curious is uh is the schedule for a pro different than the schedule for an undergrad or, or the rest of the team on a training trip like that?
1: No, not on the training trip, but just in terms of like, there's something different about being in the college and doing college stuff and having uh, training trip kind of provided in a way almost it's not, but kind of is uh, versus like a pro is there of their own choosing uh, on their own dime, kind of navigating that a little bit more. It's more, it's a career for them versus it's student athlete life still for the college people. So it's just different approaches uh, in terms of that regard. And then in terms of like our pro group will do a little bit different if somebody's, if we don't have dual meets, so we don't rest for those or rest for mid season or something. So that's why we were all resting for the US Open to be good there as just kind of see where we were at, especially coming off of, uh, we took. Pretty long breaks this summer, Nick and I both. So let's just kind of see where you're at and enjoy taper a little bit before we go into the next big cycle.
0: So you've been on Team USA a few times at this point, and I'm kind of curious as to the difference between a meet like US Open, where you're swimming, you're tapering and swimming a few events versus now you're going to Short Course Worlds where you have one event, right? Your focus is is much more refined. Um, How does the prep work or, or just the, the mental approach change between those two for you?
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause like with us open, <laughs> I'll fly out and as in Greensboro. So it's like a two hour flight for, I did two events, uh, there versus I'm going to fly 14 hours from once I, once I get to LA, it's a 14 yeah. something hour flight from there for one race. So it's kind of like, uh, make the most of it. Like you're there, you have one job kind of don't, don't screw it up. Um, and last year I was really burnt out from traveling, um, and probably should have declined going last year, but, uh, that's a different story. But so going now, is like, I'm getting to see all my international friends that are going to be there and I'm going to get to see all my friends that are going to be on the U S team. And I've got some board games packed. I've got a mean 50 back, uh, that I'm about to absolutely smoke Hunter on, uh, so I've got other things I'm looking forward to outside of just my 200 fly, hoping to get on some relays and that's a, um, whole well, another can of worms, but with the 200 fly, it's just like, let it rip and just, you're there for one. So it's really easy to pick what pace you do or what stroke you do someday. It's like, you're only here for one thing. So that should be pretty clear.
0: <laughs> it's pretty, pretty locked and loaded. Um, yeah. This 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 uh Hunter Armstrong Zach Harding fifty back showdown. Tell us how it started and tell us when it is.
1: We don't so we're gonna do it someday during camp, so probably maybe Friday, Saturday. I haven't locked in the details with Hunter. Whenever we're both suiting up, we're we're going at it. Uh yes, we'll be suited. Um I was always talking about how good I am at the fifty back. I never get to do it. I love the fifty back, it's my favorite event. It's underwaters and spin and he's like i'm a long course 50 back guy and he's like you have underwaters and so i just kind of picked him out i'm like if we're gonna if we're gonna pick a fight with someone we're gonna pick the top dog um and a new hunter would reciprocate it too so uh i'm almost a little bit more nervous for that than i am my actual two fly uh because we haven't finalized the bet but it's going to be something pretty uh substantial and once we finalize everything we'll we'll be tweeting that out and let everybody know but uh, it's it's the real deal
0: i'm i'm excited to see this that i mean can we confirm that there will be video that that, oh, yeah. that you'll get There'll someone to take a video
1: four times <clears throat> yeah cuz well have, you're not going to need the video review for how bad i'm about to beat the guy but <laughs> we'll have it if you wanted it <laughs>
0: Perfect. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this showdown. This might be better than any race at short course worlds. And, uh, it'll, it'll certainly be a preview of what's to come in Australia. So that'll, that'll be (laughs) a lot of fun. Um, uh,
1: A couple people at us open Hunter included (laughs) did make a point to come up and say, it's like, so glad you're, you're joining us. Excited to have you. So it's the, I felt very last minute in terms of, Hey, come with us to this meet but I also felt like very welcomed by the team and the staff there too. So I think that also speaks volumes to our Team USA culture and why we're so good is because almost to an extent, it doesn't matter who you have in these spots because the team's just kind of supportive of whoever's in them. And I think that's like the bigger thing that Team USA has. Like there's no grudge holding if you miss a team or if you didn't make that one. If you're on this one, you're on that one and everyone's supporting you for – anywhere from your 22nd race up to your 15, 16 minute race. So it doesn't matter.
0: That is really nice. That's it's really great to hear that you were getting such positive feedback as, as such a last minute thing. Uh, I am curious. You mentioned that last year when you went to, I, I think you, you alluded to short course worlds, you were yeah. kind of burnt out on travel. Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So from June 1st, of 21 to December 31st of 21 I was home for I think I added up it was eight weeks and two of those weeks were the two weeks before trials. So one week was after Olympic trials and then go and do the Olympic training camp which was awesome and uh, an experience hopefully not of a lifetime. I'm gonna try and make a make that a two-time one. Uh, but then I only had a little bit I went right into vacation with either my friends or my family kind of back to back and then had a week at home flew out for five weeks in Italy for ISL came back for three or four weeks and went back to the Netherlands for ISL. And then this is where it really got wild. I came back, I had a week off at home and then I think on Monday or Sunday, I flew out to golden goggles on Wednesday, I flew back and then on Friday, I flew back out to Abu Dhabi for short course worlds. And so I, I've learned about myself that that was a little bit too much time away from home. Um, and, all the stress that like living out of a suitcase can bring. Cause even when I was home for like a month, I didn't put the suitcase away cause I need to grab it to start packing soon. And so I don't know. It started like, even when I was home, it didn't feel like I was home cause I was just about to up and leave again. So uh, I couldn't get back in a routine that I kind of had and enjoyed from pre Olympic trials. And cause I was never home long enough to do that. So I was happy once I would finished Abu Dhabi and gotten home that I could have long period of time that I didn't have to go anywhere. So uh, that was just what I learned about myself. Some people travel and can be on the road all, all year long and be totally happy and fine. But um, I think that my race in Abu Dhabi struggled because of that. So hoping to not make that mistake again. Now that I haven't traveled anywhere in a while, we have US Open, but that was a weekend trip. So this shouldn't be too bad. We're excited to go to Australia and rip it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in terms of, in terms of ripping it and the race plan, um, I'm kind of curious as to what you see the differences of, uh, between the short course and the long course turn and fly, obviously there's more underwaters, uh, but does the, does the race plan, does the approach to the race change for you much at all?
1: Um, no, it's more like the bigger thing for me is I like to breathe on my breakouts. And so that's one of the things I work on is instead of breathing and going up, it's breathing and going forward. And at the end of a two-fly, breathing and going up for air is very common and popular. Uh, but that's also not the fastest thing to do. So it's more of just timing the walls and being sharp on some of those smaller components. Because uh, when you race at a world stage, it's not whoever, that everyone's aerobic capacity is going to be about the same. It doesn't matter who's got a little bit more or not. It's those, little, it's those smaller details that are going to yield the bigger results and the bigger differences in those races. So, yeah, that's kind of where I see that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, Zach, I appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and chat. Well, sorry. U S open. Uh, you were 51, nine in prelims and mm-hmm. the hundred fly. It was, that was the best time yeah. No,
1: no, I think my best time is like an 86. So it was like right off. <clears throat> so I was wanting the best time at, in the morning and I missed it by a little bit, but I was like, sorry, there's night. And then at night I tried a little bit too hard, gunned it in the wrong places and then fizzled out at the end. Um, so we're a little bummed about that. But the fifty-one nine was exciting because it's right on my best time and we hadn't done a whole bunch of long course racing, so wasn't as bummed about it as I thought
0: I would be, but and then uh the two fly, you got second to your teammate Nick. I think you were one fifty-seven, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, what'd you think of that race?
1: Uh I was a little bit less excited about that one than the hundred. Um I that was also my Second 200 fly since April uh long course. So all considering, I thought it was pretty good. I was more disappointed that I didn't give Nick a better race. Uh I wish that race was a little bit closer than uh eight tenths of a second or however much he got me by. I was hoping that would be in the 0.2 range where I would have gotten him. But yeah, there was, there's no, we we're in the ready room and he turns, he's like, this is fun. He's like, just, I'm like just you, me, and Nick. We're gonna we're gonna be out there and uh, mano a mano almost because uh, we knew we would be out in the front and then uh, hopefully it was we knew it was gonna come down to the last fifty and he executed that and I didn't. So it was more just also the bragging rights because now when I come home he's gonna be like I got you last time and I'm it's only so much fun to lose to Nick before you got to get one over on him. So I'm sure he'd say the same about me.
0: Yeah, uh, first long course race period since April. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've done some stuff at practice like suited up, but first time off the blocks long course. Uh,
0: what was that strategic for you? Like after, so I'm, I'm assuming the last time was trials was world yeah. championship trials in April, of 2022. Did you want to take a, a bigger break from long course racing? after that
1: yeah after i like i said it kind of rolls back into me burn, burnt out of traveling <laughs> and a little bit burned out of st- swimming a little bit last december and i didn't want to train and i was like i can make a four-month block to world trials and then the whole thing of it being postponed or canceled or that whole thing of is world's even going to happen this summer took a big effect on me and uh that bothered me a lot and i was like i don't I barely wanted to train for this anyways and now it's looking like um there's not even gonna be a meet that I'm training for, so why are we doing this? Let's like ease up. Once everything once the dust is settled, we know where we're going, what we're doing, let's punch it. But until then, like I need I need my, my true north or something and that that'd been rattled a little bit. And then so when I missed the team in April, I'm like, I'm gonna take some time for me, take I think I took two months off or like a month, and then I started lifting. Um, but then I couldn't get back into a good rhythm because uh, I went to my buddy's wedding and then had COVID. So right as I started swimming, I had COVID, so I had to stop, uh, which I was totally fine. I was just playing a bunch of video games, basically. Um, and then started swimming again after I was cleared and got back to the weight room a little uh, more again, setting new maxes and stuff. And then our pool got shut down because they redid the liner and the bulkhead. And so it looks it looks pretty spiffy now. So I didn't have a pool to go train at and then went to junior pan packs with Leah, uh, to be the national team rep. So there's never really a good time to like get back into uh swimming shape. I just kind of like start feeling the water. So that by the time I was ready, I was not starting from zero. I started to like a little bit more above. So yeah, the, the time I took was definitely, that was a time to take two months was I didn't have anything going on. I wasn't planning on a last minute trip to <laughs> They go to world champs in June. Um, those guys killed it out there. So that was fun to watch. Um, and then kind of reset and then go into this next cycle. Cause once this next cycle starts, it's you go from worlds right into worlds and Olympics. So there's going to be very little downtime.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot that you got the opportunity to go to junior pan packs as a national T rep team rep with Leah Smith. Can you tell me a little bit about that, that, that whole trip?
1: Yeah. Well, that trip was a blast to begin with, cause it was Hawaii and our view is beautiful from our rooms. And so just kind of, at night I would take my laptop out there and I was trying to learn some Python and SQL and stuff. And so I'd be doing that on the balcony at night. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Like, cause I remember my junior trip and it was for, uh, it was with, the uh, Mitch. And he had the flag and the whole on our watch thing was born on my junior world trip. And so they had that same flag at this trip. And so like that was kind of um, sentimental to me in a a way because it was like, that was my flag when I was your guys' age and when I was racing in your guys' shoes. Uh, But then it was weird because I was in the uh, representative role of the national team but I was more like making friends, and I saw some of those guys at US Open, and I knew who they were, and I was excited to see them. Still mess with them. That's where Tiny Mike was born. The, um, and so I was kind of asking them stupid questions, but I thought that at the same time, if they can answer a stupid question from me after a race, then they can handle any other sort of interview question that they'll ever get. Uh, so kind of training them for that a little bit. They're all really worried about if they're going to get drug tested or not because they hadn't had that experience before. They're like, we set a world, a re- junior world record. Oh, they're for sure getting drug tested. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. You pee in the cup. The bigger thing is, no one tells you, you have to pour it from the cup into other bottles. So it's like, that's what someone should be telling you about. No one told me that. So when they're like, this is the next step, I'm like, you want me to do what now? Um, so it's like, just telling them what I did good and bad and kind of helping to steer and guide them. Uh, it was fun <laughs> getting to know them on a more personal level, because I'm pretty sure some of those guys are going to be taking my job here in a few years.
0: That sounds like a really great experience. It's really cool that USA Swimming does that. Um, and and congrats for getting to go. Uh, that, that's super cool. Congrats for getting to go to Short Course Worlds here in a, a couple hours. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to sit down and chat. Any parting thoughts, anything we're missing before uh, we sign off?
1: I want to show the viewers one thing. So when, oh, yeah. when you get your gear, they ship it in this big, it's called known as like the box. So you get your box of stuff. Um, and so I, I've i taken everything out, but it's now my storage stuff. So if I can figure out how to flip this camera, then we can do that. Boom. There it is. It's big old Ooh. box. And it's just like, it's full of the suitcase and a couple of other things. But um, yeah, so that's, that's the box. It's the, Famous box. So every swimmer, that's when they normally get their caps and stuff. When um, they didn't have time uh, to get me new ones, so I get to use my old ones, which is totally fine. I was glad that I had old ones to be able to use. But that's what the box comes in. It's this big old thing, and it's super exciting to get. Um, and you always say yes whenever you can get a box. <laughs>